we're going to continue with our series tonight on uh, the power of your confession. And we're going to talk about a lot of things. I want to encourage you, this is about the eighth session that we've been going through, the power of your confession. And remember, the word confession, it's not just talking. It, the word confession is from the Greek word homo logeo. It literally means to say the same thing. So what, what it means, the power, we're saying the power of our confession, there's power in our words as we say what God says. And that's what we're to always say. The word of God is never to depart out of our mouth. And guys, you know, in a, in a, in a church environment right now, where we've, we're, the church in a large part is asleep to this. And this is why, you know, we need to awaken to righteousness. God never speaks to just express his feelings or just to talk. Every time he speaks, it's to do something. It's to put something in motion. It has purpose. His words are enablements. When he says, be strong in me and in the power of my might, he's enabling you to be strong in him, right? When he says, listen, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory, and it'll all come to you by Christ Jesus, there is nothing that can stop that from coming to pass except you simply not believing that, not receiving that. But if you don't want to stop it, nothing can stop it because the word of God is forever settled in heaven. It's not, it's not changeable. Man, realize that tonight. Your whole life, you can change your whole life by changing the way you speak. And we've talked a lot about that. We spent the last couple weeks on talking about how that everything you say comes out of your thought life. So tonight, I want to really talk a little bit about how, I want to talk about God's incorruptible word because we're to speak what he speaks. And you know, we have 66 different books in the Bible written over thousands of years, written by several different individuals but what's amazing is there's one voice. His voice in the Old Testament is the same as his voice in the New Testament. And it's one voice. Th these words are literally God-breathed. This is not something that you can understand intellectually. This is something that we must trust the Holy Spirit to bring revelation of in our hearts. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to kind of launch off here tonight, and we're going to talk about God's incorruptible word and the, the power of it coming out of your mouth. And I pray that these sessions, as you meditate in, this, in these scriptures, as you have ears to hear, that the Holy Spirit will literally speak to you about your life. Because it's time for you and I to stand up and, and allow God to mold us into the men and women that we are to be. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight because I see a lot of people that are growing in God. But you know what? We're, gonna, we're not just going to start. We're not just going to be in the middle of the race. We're going to finish strong. You know, it's almost like because we think naturally, we think of 
you know, we think of life, well, you know, I'm going to work really hard, go really fast when I'm younger, and do a lot for God. And then, but then as I get older, you know, I just kind of, because I'm getting older, and I just kind of slow down, and I'll come to the end of my race. But have you ever seen a race where people at the end of it are going slower? Never, right? At the end of the race, what do they do? They see the finish line. Man, that should make you run faster. I've, I've heard for years, oh, you pre-trib people, you know, pre-trib rapture people, you're just escape mentality. Well, listen, when you know, I don't know about you, but listen, if, 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 it's, if, it's, if he comes back for his church before this seven-year tribulation period, in the middle of it, at the end of it, doesn't matter, we're still going to walk by faith, walk in love, and be led by the Spirit. But God is all about taking you out. He's all about it. The church age, the problem with that whole, you know, well, what do you believe, Pastor? Do you believe in a pre-trib rapture, a mid-trib rapture, or, you know, at the end of the tribulation rapture? Um, yes. All three of them are in the Bible. Right there. We get raptured. Then there's an Ezekiel 38 conflict, which, by the way, all the players are in place right now in the Middle East, and it's all fired up, and man, it's, it's kind of crazy what's going on there, right? So what does that make us do? Think about, oh, praise God, I can just relax because, no, no, it, it means I run faster because I have a little time. Do you realize we're going to do a lifetime of ministry in a few years? So get ready, get ready. And how we get ready is getting our mouth in line. Because every problem in our lives, it always originates one inch under our nose. Our problem is never people. Our problem is not Satan. Our problem is not the world system. It's not the government. It's not anything else but our mouth. And we can use our mouth and speak the word and change everything around us. So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Did you find that yet? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, he says, My son, attend to my words. This word attend in the Hebrew language means put my words first place. So the first thing he says is God's word must be first place. He says, incline your ears to my sayings. That word incline means to give my words your undivided attention. Today, as you were going throughout your day, did, you, did any of you here have anything happen in your life or any situation or your list of to-dos or whatever? Did anything try to distract you from giving God's word your undivided attention? Or should I ask the question, is there anybody here that slept all day, right? And, and, and it didn't try to get you. See, there's a reason why. God, if, you don't, if you don't make a decision that, for me, that's first. That is truth. That is my final authority. Let every person be a liar, but let God be true. If you don't do that, you will not give the word of God your undivided attention. It'll be impossible, Right? Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them, my words, 
not depart from your eyes. So that means I'm always, I'm keeping his word right in front of me. Right? Keep my words in the midst of your heart. Why? Because my words are what? Life to those that find them. What does it mean to find God's words? If you study that whole thing out, you find the word of God as you make God's word a part of your heart. See, when you, when you put his word first and give it your undivided attention, now you'll keep it before your eyes. It's a progression that we're going through right now. And that'll cause you to be able to keep it in the midst of your heart. Why? Because you're believing and you're speaking God's word constantly. And so what's happening is the Holy Spirit is bringing revelation, knowledge of his word to your spirit constantly. And now, right now, the Holy Spirit is etching the word of God on your spirit, man, as you are now walking in revelation and you're etching the word of God in your soulish realm by speaking the word. So God's working on the inside and you're working, right? Does that make sense? In other words, you're working out what he's working in. This is the, this is the number one way that you work out what he's working in. So finding God's word means you're allowing his word to be made part of your heart. You know, Jesus, you, it, or it, it says that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. That's John chapter 1, right? You can't separate God from his word. You, you should not be able to ever separate a child of God from God's word. You, you should be able to tell people, listen, I am a living word of God. It's what comes out of my mouth. It's what I believe. It's, it's everything. And there's a law that takes place. We, you know, we talk about it a little bit here, but it's really the law of displacement. It's like you get so full of God's word, it will displace fear. It'll, dis, it'll displace cancer. It'll displace diabetes. It'll displace, you know, I mean, it'll displace no cartilage. It'll displace poverty and lack. It'll displace everything in your life. That's what the word of God does. So this is why we talk about this. And it says here, not only is it life unto those that find them, but it's health to all their flesh. Isn't it amazing that every time you get in the word and believe it in your heart and speak it out of your mouth, right now as you're listening to it, if you have ears to hear, it's literally affecting your spirit, it's affecting your soul, and it's affecting every cell of your body. God's word right now. Man, you could almost say Faith Family Church Health Club, right? <laughs> you could say it like this, Temple Builders. Right? As I'm, as I'm building my spirit, I'm building my temple too. I'm renewing my mind. So I develop myself spiritually and I renew my mind so that I can control my flesh. And, and I need, see, I need this body to last me so that, so that when I get to the end of my race, I'm going to run faster. Right? 
So let's look at this in the Living Bible. Now, the Living Bible is not a translation. It's just a paraphrase. But I like the way it says it here. It says, in verse 20 of chapter 4 of Proverbs, it says, listen, son of mine, to what I say. Listen carefully. Keep these thoughts ever in mind. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they will mean real life for you and radiant health. God wants you to walk in radiant health. What does Psalm 107.20 say, right? He sent his word and healed them. It's so important. In the Amplified Version, it says it this way very loudly. Get that one right? Little joke there. It says, my son, pay attention to my words. I know that's a little corny, isn't it? That's all right. My son, it keeps you awake. My son, pay attention to my words and be willing to learn. Open your ears to my sayings do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those that find them, and healing and health to all their flesh. Does anybody need healing and health in their flesh? All the time, right? All the time. you got to understand, I remember when the Lord really impressed this upon my heart. He made this statement, he said, Tony, well, I'll say it this way. I'll just make a statement to you. God's words will minister to you beyond your, what your mind can comprehend about them. God's word will minister to you beyond what your mind is able to comprehend. I mean, the Holy Spirit brings revelation. He brings understanding. And, and, you know, but you need to understand the Word is always working beyond that. In other words, you're always going to be catching up to what the Word's doing. You see, even here, a lot, we teach a lot, but there's a lot more that's caught. There'll be things that you hear that you don't even know you hear. But if you're hungry, and man, it's working on you when you don't even know it. And what is, what's happening is the Holy Spirit is setting you up to walk in Zoe life. He's preparing you for everything you'll ever face so that you always face it by the faith of God, in the love of God. You always face it in a peace and a rest so that you could be clearly, have ears that clearly hear the leading of the Holy Spirit. See, because we're not, we're not students of this. See, how, here's one of the greatest lessons on how to be led by the Spirit of God. How to know the voice of God. Here it is, you ready? Get in the Word. Because as you hear the voice that comes out of the Word, you will hear the Holy Spirit's leading. So you'll have, you'll have the spoken word and you're hearing it. You're hearing his voice all the time so that when he starts talking to you about the revealed word, you'll just hear it. And it'll become very hard for the enemy to trip you up. The reason why we have trouble hearing the voice of God is because we hear, we're hearing the voice of God from his word for a couple minutes and then we're hearing the world 
for hours. And, and, and you could blink and all of a sudden six hours go by and, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I've been saying. I don't even know what I've been really listening to. Does that make sense? So the Holy Spirit, as you start your day out right, as, as, you, as you make a decision, his word is my life. What happens is you live in it. And, and, and here's the other thing. Not only will it not slow you down from natural things, you'll be able to do natural things better. Better, faster, way beyond. I mean, the, the Hebrew children proved that in the Old Testament. How much more in the New Testament when we have the Holy Spirit, the one who knows everything, on the inside of us right now. And several thousand years of revelation knowledge of the word beyond what the Hebrew children knew. Wow. It's exciting. You must have faith in God's word and you must receive it in order for it to work for you. And here's the thing. It's life to those that find it. It's health to all their flesh to those that find it. So now let's talk about, I've been wanting to get here for a few weeks, but go to Mark chapter 4 and uh, we're going to start in about verse 9. We're going to talk about the parable of the sower because it really gives us the fullest picture of how God's word works in your life. It'll tell you exactly how to get the word of God working. It'll, this story, this parable will meet you right where you are. So for time's sake, verses 3 through verse 8 of chapter 4, Jesus just tells the parable, Right? And now in verse 9, we're going to start by reading verse 9. And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And this is the key to the parable. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The whole parable is based on having ears to hear. Now, here's the thing. Hearing is not listening. Hearing is when I make a decision that I am going to reverence, honor, and respect God's word above everything else in my life to the point that I am willing to always do it. In other words, the word of God, it has the highest place of honor and respect in my life. That is, that, that's the individual that will hear the word of God. If, if, he's, if, if, if your honor and respect for his word is not first, you're, he's, he's going to have a hard time getting anything over to you. And here's what people do though. Well, I love the Lord. But here's, here's the, the truth. And you know me, I'm always going to tell you the truth. Your, your love for God will never go beyond your respect for him. Your, and I'll say, I'll say it a different way, your love for God 
will never go above your respect for his word. That's really the accurate way to say that. You can't, you can't say, I love God, because see, God doesn't, he doesn't, you could be down here crying and hollering and doing all this, oh God, I love you, I love you. He doesn't, it's not based on what you say, it's not based on your tears. It's all based on, do you respect my word enough to obey it? So let that be a litmus test in your life. As I make that statement to you right now, everybody here, you know where you're doing right, and you know right where you're doing wrong. Right? And so, so do, you, do you want it, his word to be life and health for you? Then your, your respect for it has to be number one. That means that everything in your life, he's the center. Now, we could go down the road, what does that mean? But I think every one of us know what that means, right? So this is a huge thing. This is the key to this parable. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Actually, if you look at it, this is the actual mystery of the kingdom of God. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The whole parable, the whole thing we're going to go through, all the way through verse 20, is all about hearing God's word. Because if you hear it, you will believe it. And if you hear it and believe it, you will speak it, and you will get the result of it. All the time, every time. Mar verse 10 here. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him of the parable. Verse 11, And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. This word mystery means it's given for you to know hidden truths that are not comprehended naturally. Does it mean that, oh, well, you're one of the twelve so you get to know these mysteries. No, no, no. The key is he who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is anybody. This is saying that only the ones that choose to have ears to hear will be able to know these hidden truths of the kingdom of God that are, that are not comprehended naturally. You cannot comprehend these things naturally. I can't stress that enough. And that should excite every one of us because that means you could be sitting in your life right now and I'm telling you, for the rest of eternity, you are going to come to know things by the Spirit that you could never comprehend naturally. More and more aware of who He is, the wonders of all that He is, all that He's provided for us. Man, I'm telling you, nothing can stop his church. I love that. To you, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. These hidden truths of the kingdom that you can't comprehend naturally. But unto them that are without. Without what? To them that are without ears to hear. Well, why don't they have ears to hear? Because they haven't said God I 
respect and honor you and your word above everything else in my life. Those that are without, it says, all, it says, but those that are without, all these things are done in parables that seeing, they may see. See, a lot of people can see something and are like, oh yeah, I got that faith thing. But then when the heat gets turned up at all, we find out there's no faith. It's just mental ascent and it doesn't work because I'm running, right? That seeing they may see and not perceive. That means you can see, but you don't perceive. That means you don't know and you don't understand. And hearing they may hear and not understand. This word understand means they hear, and hearing they may hear, but they can't put it together. They can't really comprehend it. Why? Because God's not first in their life. They're living for themselves. There's too much of self blocking all this stuff. Right? See, the days of, well, you know, the intercessory prayer groups that shatter churches and blow them apart are over. There's no such thing as an intercessor that divides churches. There's no such thing as an intercessor that walks in the church so heavy. I've just spent four hours with the Lord. And I'm just so concerned. And so, you know, I'm just, but it's just the burden that God has for me. Oh, you little baby in diapers. You can't spend four hours with God and be like that. To be honest with you, if you spent four seconds with God, you're like, wow, all things are possible. Right? Because he's life. His word is life. So now think about it. If his word is life and health, Everything the Holy Spirit leads you into is the Word. So it's all going to be life and health. Right? Oh, yeah, it's a big burden. I mean, there's millions and millions of people that don't know Jesus. But listen, we're not trying to carry a burden that's not our burden. Right? See, we don't do that. God does His part. We're just doing our part. Have you ever interceded as you're stirred by the Spirit? There will be a breakthrough. That's when you're done. If there's no breakthrough, you're probably not done. Prayers of supplication, all these prayers, a prayer of faith, when you're done, man, there's a breakthrough. I believe, I receive, Father, I thank you for it. I have it now. All that's left to do is thank him. That seeing they may see and not know and understand, and hearing they may hear and not put things together or comprehend them, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven. See, if you have ears to hear, you'll get all the benefits of the word. So in verse 11, Jesus is literally saying, I'm about to explain to you guys everything about how the mystery of the kingdom of God works, how everything in the kingdom works, the foundation of everything I'm going to teach while I'm on this earth, I'm about to tell you how it all works. It's amazing that God wants us to know the pattern that unlocks everything in the kingdom of God. He wants us to know it. He wants us to understand it. So that when you have, when you have any kind of trouble financially, you have any sickness issues, anything in your body, anything in your life and ministry, you know how to fix it. You know the pattern. And you never get burnt out because you're not 
trying to carry things that he's supposed to carry. You're doing your part and you're resting and letting him do his part. Hardness of heart is the, really the foundation. It's the only thing that will cause you not to give your full attention to God. How, how does a Christian, a born-again, spirit-filled believer, not have ears to hear? Why is God's word not first? It's because they've allowed their heart to just be hardened. Why? Because they're feeding on wrong things. Man, if you could break down right and get right to the core of who they are, all it is is they're carnal. They're allowing their flesh to drive them, to, and, and they're, they're not renewing their minds, so they're literally acting like someone who does not know God. Because think about what God says to us. Everything's possible to you. All you got to do is believe me. It's all possible. Isn't that amazing? Man, I'm looking at my situation. It's over. No, it's not over. Or actually, it is over, but you see it a different way. Yeah, it's already over. I already win. Not when, but when you're in your flesh, you look at it and go, oh, it's over. It's, I, I can't do anything. But when you're in faith, you're like, oh, it's over. Why am I worried? It's over. I already won. And my father always caused me to triumph. He's got the invitations out. The party's set. We're going we're gonna to have a party about the triumph here. And then you, you just are sitting here rejoicing and resting, and God turns it all. Why? Because he said it. He can't lie. It can't ever change. Verse 12, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Verse 12 really, really shows us that Jesus was not trying to make it easy for everyone to hold, to take hold of what Jesus was talking about. Jesus never made it easy. Why? Because God knows if you don't, if you don't, see, first of all, he can't violate your will, so you have to want it. But he also knows that if it just fell on you, like, like, ripe, like Brother Hagen used to say, like ripe cherries off a tree, you'd never grow. You'd never grow to trust him, and you'd never be able to hang on to it. The enemy would always talk you out of it. Versus the way it is, you grab hold of it, and you're like, I'm not ever letting this go. Satan, take your best shot, because according to my word, it says in the book of James that when you press me, faith comes out and patience is there, and it stays under that pressure until you get caved in on and you lose everything and I always win. Why? Because I've already won because of what Jesus did. You, you have already have the victory tonight. Everything. You can't ask God for something that he hasn't already given you. It's a matter of you just laying hold of it. See, you'll have to dig for it. You're gonna, it's life to those that find it and health to all their flesh. Talk, talk, Talk to a child of God that meditates in the word of God. And you know, you're just gonna, you're gonna see a very thankful person. But talk to a Dead Sea Christian who sits with their 10,000 pages of notes 
and it's all about them being blessed and they step over people that are hurting and they're, they're, they're Dead Sea Christians. They're ever receiving and never giving. And I'll show you somebody who's in church with, this, with this, the, the wonderful gift reserved only for baby Christians. I have the gift of discernment. And I'm discerning that Pastor Dave, you know, there's just something about him. Oh, my goodness. You know, st- just run from people like that. Run, say, hey, I'm going to pray for you. Got to go. Right? Because you can't listen to that stuff. God wants us to have everything that Jesus provided for us. However, as a wise father, he knows that it'll take a total commitment on our part in order for us to be able to stand against all the enemy's going to bring. Because what is his thing? Is he powerful? Nope. But he's very deceptive. And he... He knows, man, I'm going to mess with him here to take him out 30 years later. I'm going to get him just kind of looking at the word and looking away from the word. I'm going to try to get him to stop working on some of the weaknesses maybe that are there in his life so that at a moment of time, at his moment of weakness, man, I could take him out. That's what he does. But we don't have to play that game because the Holy Spirit will keep us ahead of him always. So verse 13, And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable, and how will you know all parables? In other words, you have to understand. I've been really stirring about doing a series on all the parables of Jesus. I just, I've been kind of, for over a year, you know, I've just been wanting to do it. I can't wait until the Lord releases me to do that. And, uh, but you got to know this one to understand all of them. Right? That's what he's saying here. Verse 14, now he's going to explain this parable. Verse 14, the sower sows the word. The word is likened to a seed that is sown in the hearts of people. Luke chapter 8, verse 11, don't turn there. It's Luke's account of this parable. It says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So the sower, if you look at this parable, the sower sows the same seed into every type of soil. Isn't that amazing? You know why? Because God is no respecter of persons. Do you know God knows if a person's wayside ground and he will still sow the incorruptible seed of the word of God in that person's heart. Isn't that amazing? Jesus died for the sins of the whole world knowing, and I mean, the person that's alive on this earth, all all God has to do, he could see, he sees the day you were born, he sees the day you come home to be with him. He knows people that are never going to receive him, and yet he will still come after them their whole life. That's how loving he is. The seed produces different results based on the soil. Even though God's word is the most powerful thing, it's full of life and power, it produces only based on the type of soil in the man's heart. Isn't that interesting? The results, in other words, are not dependent upon the seed. 
The results are dependent upon the soil. So this is why Satan will yell and scream. He'll use people. He'll use your own unrenewed mind. He'll use the world system. He'll use anything he can to get you from looking at the word of God and believing it because he doesn't want you to hear it because he knows the moment you hear God's word, faith is there. And this is why we teach this so strong here, because guys, it is, it is imperative. I, I, can't, I can't even express to you how important it is for you and I to know how to walk in the love of God in these last of the last days, of how important it is for you to know how to walk by the faith of God and not be moved, because we don't know what we're going to face before we're out of here. But we know this, whatever we face will be nothing compared to who's on the inside of us. You have to know that you know that you know how to be led by the Spirit of God. You have to know it. This whole thing about I'm a Christian and I don't go to church and I, I don't need that and, you know, uh, Kenneth Copeland's my pastor. This is not the time to be there. Man, this is not the time to be there. We need to anchor in and get, get before God and go, okay, God, get me into the right place. I'm pliable. Whatever, whatever I got to change, I'm going to change it. I'm going to put you first because this is, this is so very important. See, this explains why people get different results. This is why some people get great results and other people get no results. It's because it's not dependent upon the seed. The word of God's perfect. It's dependent upon the soil. And I got news for you. You can go from wayside to good ground like that. Simplest thing in the world. All you got to do is go, Father, I make a decision to put your word first. Now, you know me. I have no idea what I'm saying right now. I just know that I, I'm supposed to, this is the way it works. So now help me. And oh my gosh, you just feel these warm fuzzies going off on the inside of you. What that is, is the Holy Spirit's getting so excited. Because he's like, hey, guess what? I'm the helper. I could help you. Right? The parable deals with the condition of our hearts when we receive the word of God. Because the word of God in us is what produces all the fruit. What's going to get you over financially in life? Not your job, not your income, not your investments, all this stuff. No, the word of God producing in your heart. It's the word that's going to do it. The word of God does all the work. What is going to change your body from where it is to where you're in radiant health? The word will do it, not you. Now, God might tell you to get off your butt and get on a treadmill, but guess what? Get on a treadmill. I could, I could tell you stories of triathletes in their mid-30s that had a massive heart attack and are not on the planet anymore. But get on a treadmill. Make those changes that he wants you to make. Do, I don't know what it is for you, but you do. Right? I can't work out your own salvation. Man, I'm up to here with my salvation. And what am I up to here with? Stressing about, oh, I got to do all this? No, I'm up to here with staying at rest. He loves me. I'm not going to fail because he loves me. 
Verse 15, now he's going to go into one of the first of the four types of soil. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. How does he take away the word? If you study all the different parables from the different gospels, he makes you doubt the word. Well, I just don't feel like this thing's working, and you, you, make, you doubt it. Guess what? Here's faith. Remember, now I'm doubting. The minute you look away from it, you're in doubt. So Satan's over here yelling, screaming, hey, look over here. Have you noticed, not only are you not getting better, but it's getting a little bit worse. But when you're in faith, you're like, wait, what do you, I already, I already received this. I already have it. God says I have it. He said, if I just believe that I receive, that I would have it. So there's nothing left for me to be concerned about. It's done. Right? But oh, if you start looking at the mountain, man, this isn't working out. Then God will bring people around that you could tell all about your mountain. And as you're telling them about your mountain, that mountain's getting bigger. Have you ever noticed that? So now let's look at this. These are they by the wayside. See, if you keep listening and feeding on the word of God, if you keep watering the word of God, Satan can't ever take it. You'll never doubt it because you're constantly feeding on it and watering it all the time. How many of you have heard about the parable of the sower? I mean, I'm looking out. Every one of you have heard about the parable of the sower, right? So what we're doing tonight is we're watering, right? Well, you know, I already know that, Pastor. I already know that, so I don't need that anymore. Teach me something new. Could you imagine if you did that with your diet? We have Rich and Christine over. We grill fillets. They sit down and go, I already had one of those five years ago. <laughs> well, do you want to eat your salad? No, I, I, had a, I had a salad two weeks ago. What about those green beans that my wife makes the best green beans? I think she got the, I think Angela was the originator of them. Man, they're just one, and Rich is like, oh, you know, no, I, I've had green beans before. Right? They would eventually die because ha, have you eaten any food this week that you've never eaten before? No. And if, you, if it's good food, don't you eat it multiple times? Yeah. Right? So we're going to keep watering. you gotta, you got to plant and you got to water all the time. Verse 16, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they've heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. But look at this. And they have no root in themselves. This word root literally means they have no moisture in themselves. Well, if you have a plant that you never, that, that, that the soil has no moisture in it, what does that mean? You've not been watering it, right? So this, this is this individual. They stopped watering the soil through teaching. In other words, they were unwilling to water the word. Right? So now, you stop watering the word and your heart becomes stony ground. 
They have no root or no moisture in themselves and so endure for a time, but afterward, when affliction, notice it doesn't say if affliction comes. It says when affliction or persecution, thank God for the or. I'm just grateful it doesn't say and. When affliction and persecution. No, it's or. Now, I could tell you in my life, it's usually and, but it can possibly be or. But it really doesn't matter if you just keep watering the word. When affliction, see, what is affliction? It literally means tests, trials, and pressure, which are designed to let you to take your eyes off the word. It's this tests, trials, and affliction are designed to create an attitude in you that this is too hard. Have you ever tried to believe God before? And finally you just gave up and you just said, man, this is just too hard. You started believing God, your washer went out. You started believing God for, your, for a new washer and then your dryer went out. And then you hit a pothole, you know, because you live in a lunar state called Nebraska and you hit a, you hit a pothole. And then, oh my gosh, as if that's not enough, I go in and my dog just ate through this. And, right? It just, and pretty soon you start going, I mean, we've had people, I've had people when I've called them up, hey, I haven't seen you at church. Yeah, we're going somewhere else. Well, you know, what, what was it? And, and I've, had, I've had, it's been a few people, not a lot, but I've had a few people tell me, man, the minute I walked through the doors of that church, and started hearing the word, all hell started breaking loose in my life, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm, I don't want it. Now, don't, don't get down on them. Haven't you ever felt that way? Are you kidding me? When I was in California, man, I'm going to this church, and I'm walking around my personal life going, okay, God, what? I mean, look at these stockbrokers in Newport Beach. Man, they're all driving Ferraris and Porsches. They're having a great time. They're, they're so happy. And here I am, I'm miserable. Why can't I just relax? Why do I have to always be in faith? And then down on the inside of you, you hear the Holy Spirit so graciously go, well, Tony, you're, you're not in faith at all. Ouch, right? So, so here it is. Let's just move on. Persecution, persecution, what happens? Have you ever been believing God and you accidentally tell a family member, you know what, I just believe that I'm healed. And you see their eyes. And all of a sudden, this who do you think you are? You run into somebody. Who do you think you are that you could just believe God for him to heal you? Right? Persecution. It arises, Why? Because Satan hates you? No, it arises for the word's sake. Immediately they are offended. Offended. What is offense? This Greek word means entrapped, tripped up, and caused to distrust what they should trust. When a person gets offended, it separates them from everything that can help them. See, Satan, all he knows, he doesn't really care about you. He just wants to separate you from God's word. Because if he separates you from God's word, it's awesome. Because then now you're walking around saying you're a Christian, but you won't look like one. You'll be beat up, right? Pretty soon you'll be saying the wrong things. The only difference between you and somebody who doesn't know God is on the inside of you, you're going to feel horrible. Because your spirit's going, what the heck are you doing, right? 
The watering of the seed is the only thing that will cause you to withstand pressure, affliction, and persecution. Watering the seed. How do you water it? You could water it all day long. Father, I thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Father, I thank you that you meet all my needs according to your riches and glory. Father, I thank you that your word is true and everybody else is a liar. I mean, you just, I'm, you're watering the word all the time. Verse 18, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, but then look what happens, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, or the desire of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. The cares of this world, the cares of this world will get you to say this, I don't have time. I don't, I'm working too much, I don't have time to go to church. Which, which by default means this, I don't have time to be in the Word. I don't have time to pray. Has anybody ever been challenged by not having enough time? Every one of us, right? Man, try, go just retire. Talk to somebody retired. They'll sit there and go, I can't figure out how I had any time to work. Right? I mean, you're always going to be busy, but that's what will happen. The cares of this world will get you to say, I just don't have time to serve God. I don't have time to put him first. The deceitfulness of riches will get you to put your job and your career or other things in life ahead of the word. I just got to work because, you know, I'm behind for retirement and, you know, I've got uh, to help my kids get through college and this, all this other thing, the deceitfulness of riches. And, you know, this boat that I have, my neighbor just bought one that goes faster or that's bigger or this car. Oh, my gosh. You know, I have, I have this nice Toyota and my neighbor just got a Tesla S. And I was sitting at 168th and Maple and man, I put it in my little sport mode and I hit the gas and he hit the gas and he was at Dodge before I ever went past McDonald's. <laughs> so now I just got to work harder so I could get that car. The deceitfulness of riches and the lust or desire for other things. See, the desire for other things is the one. It creates an attitude in you that just says, I just don't want God. I still remember I had a conversation with Keith Moore years ago, and I was asking him, I'm like, you know, I don't think he had started the church in Sarasota yet. He was getting ready to, because he was telling me how that, man, they were going to be able to open that one debt-free. That just sounds good. So he had a loan on the first one, but the second one, when he opened that one, he didn't have to have a loan. Wouldn't that be cool for us? Yes. So, so if the Lord tarries, I, don't get your hopes up on that deal, right? So, so here we go. I'm like, well, Keith, you know, what would you say the number one reason people have left your church? And he just looked at me and he said, you know, that people just didn't want God. That people just didn't want God. And that's exactly right here. The desire for other things. It's just, you know, I, I want God, but just not him first. You know, and, and I love him with all my heart, but I just, but there's just other things that I like better, right? 
you know. I mean, could you imagine if the Huskers, although if they don't start playing better, it probably wouldn't affect. But let's say that they were a, a national championship team and every game started at 10 o'clock on Sunday. Imagine the impact that would have on the body of Christ. It would, it would be huge. The commentary on this deal is this. The desire for the things of this world become greater than the desire to continue to give attention to God's word. That is, that is it. That's, that's where it's right there. And Satan will get everything. He'll try to pull you over here, pull you over there. He'll give you all kinds of really good spiritual reasons. But the reality of it is the desire for things of this world grow higher than the desire to put the word first. And we want it, we, we gotta stay away from that. You gotta stay away from that. This person is mixing everything in their life with the word. This person, now, now get what I'm saying. This person is mixing everything in their life with the word. If you're mixing everything in your life with the word, guess what? The word's not first and it'll keep going down. We all know this, because we've all lived it. But, but, but here's the thing, we don't beat ourselves up for that, we just change. This person's not totally committed. Not totally committed to what? To Pastor Tony? No, that'll never work. Totally committed to God, which is totally committed to his word. Can't separate them. If you're hearing wrong, wrong things, it's going to choke the word. See, what we're saying here with this, it's, we're talking about a way of life. Satan, notice here in this verse 18 and 19, Satan's not taking the word. See, there are no works, there's no corresponding action, so faith is dead, it's barren. That's why. The attention, boy, if you get nothing else out of tonight, the attention that you give the word of God will be the determining factor of what you have in your life. The attention you give God's word. So verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. That means, this word receive means they approve it, they take it up, and they continue in it, which means I, I, I approve it, I, I lift it up, and then I walk with it. And look at what it says, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some 30, 60, and 100 fold. The different results are only based from the parable. It literally is the attitude that you have towards the word. You could be hundredfold ground all the time. It depends. You know, I love, what, what was her name? Mother Teresa said this. I love this statement. This rocked my world years and years, decades ago now. He said, you know, she said this, Jesus, you don't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. Well, I got news for you tonight. In the midst of everything that you have, you can still realize that Jesus is all you need. Because what happens is you realize that everything I have is a result of him. 
these lungs that are breathing air, this heart that's beating blood so that I could be standing here talking to you, it's his. It's because of him. Everything is because of him. Everything I own, including my body, my spirit, my soul, all my possessions, everything is because of him. If it wasn't because of him, we wouldn't be standing here talking right now. There'd be no anointing. There'd be no anything. He's so good. So it says here, verse 24, and he said unto them, take heed what you hear. Now it's the Greek word tis. It, it can be translated what you hear, but it could also be translated who you hear. So Jesus said this in different places. Be careful what you hear, be careful who you hear, and be careful how you hear. With what measure you meet, or with what measure you're measuring, it shall be measured to you. See, this is why, what do you want to be? You want to be 30-fold ground? That's good. But why not be 100-fold ground? Why not, why not have the attitude, God, I want all of it. I want all of you, right? It says here, for he, verse 25, for he that has ears to hear, to him shall be given. But he that has not ears to hear, from him shall be taken even that which he has. Now remember, who's doing the taken, taken, taking? Satan is doing the taking. How is he doing it? Because he's causing the person to doubt. He's using everything to make them doubt. Verse 26, and he said, so is the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus is saying, guys, this is how the kingdom of God works. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. You could, you could substitute this. You could say, so is how healing works. So is how prosperity works. Why can you substitute that? Because these are attributes and part of the kingdom. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. In other words, prosperity is going to grow. Healing grows. Everything. See, you're designed to allow God to plant the word in your heart and grow things. That's how it works. Everything in your life is to be, is to speak and glorify him. Verse 27, well, let me read verse 26 again. And he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring and grow up. He knows not how. In other words, I don't have to know how it works. Why is this in the Bible? Because you know what Satan always will ask you? Well, how's that going to work? How's not our deal? Do you notice how Satan will always get you fighting a battle that you can't win? Have you ever noticed that? He'll try to get you to just so frustrated about something you can't change. Instead of resting and letting him change it. It's really good. You don't have to know how it works. So this is so, so very important. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, I'm going to just, I'm going a little bit. I want to go about five more minutes, so I'm going to get you out right before 8.30 today. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, it says, I've planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Any increase is going to come from God, not you and I. Right? So Paul planted the word of God. It was the Pauline revelation. Apollos watered it. He preached Paul's revelation. That's what he did. Apollos, he was preaching John's baptism, but then Priscilla and Aquila met him, taught him the Pauline revelation, and he had a gift of a teacher, so then he went around teaching Paul's revelation. So he'd come behind Paul, and he would preach it. He's watering. But look at this. Paul could plant. How could he plant? By preaching the word. Apollos could water. How did he water? By preaching the word. How are you going to plant and water the word in your life? By preaching, by hearing, all these things, right? But the first time you hear the word, it's being planted. Every time after that, it's just being watered. But God, from all of this parable, and, and now here we have in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he's expecting us to continually care for the word of God. We're to water it. We're to, we're to make sure we walk in the love of God so that the soil of our heart is right. God expects us to have a continual operation of taking care of his word. God plants the seed of his word in our spirit and that seed will produce after its own kind. If you're facing physical things, listen, the whole word is health to you. But, but start meditating on scriptures to do with healing. If you're not honoring God in your finances, or if you are, it doesn't matter. If you need increase in your life, start feeding on what God's word says so that you could, if you're not honoring God, you'll move to honor him. Or if you're there, it'll water and strengthen that belief. We must elevate our respect for God's word. See, we have to. We have to literally literally walk around all the time going, what does the word of God say about this? This is the question I'm asking myself all the time. God's word, if he, it's him speaking to me, right? I understand his voice. So now verse 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, so then neither is he that plants anything, neither is he that waters but God that gives the increase. Notice, the person is never the focus. God is always the focus. So stop beating yourself up. You know what's bad about beating yourself up? Guilt, shame, condemnation never works because it makes you the focus. God's always got to be the focus, right? You can't change yourself anyway. You can't fix yourself. You can't heal yourself. But God's provided it all, so you don't have to. Praise God, that's good preaching. <laughs> so we go on. See, God is able to give increase to that which you put first place in your life. That's what he's looking. When he sees somebody put the word first place in their life, he could bring increase there. The difference is our attitude and diligence to the things of God. It's amazing. Our, we're designed to grow these things. But realize this, you're the only one that could put something in your spirit. You're the only one that can grow something in your spirit. Right? I have to feed 
on the word of God. I have to water it, but God will bring the increase of it. Only we can control what type of ground we are. Good ground, here's the difference, and I'll close with this. Good ground takes the word personally. The outcomes of our lives is, a, is literally a byproduct of how we've responded to God's word. See, all the other grounds, wayside, stony, and thorny ground, they did not take the word seriously. All right, not seriously. They, they, well, they didn't take it seriously. They didn't take it personally. So good ground takes the word personally. This is not just a book that, man, in order for me to punch the time clock, I got to read my chapter every day. You'll get very little. Now it'll be better than nothing. It'll at least, it'll at least move you over time maybe to all of a sudden the word captures you and then now you're in. Take it personally. It's God talking to you. And it's all for you.